0: Finland. Welcome back to Somos Moss. This is our Instant React show. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and joining me this evening, special guest, San Antonio FC supporter Harry Austin at Ramacall. You folks may know him across the uh, Twitterverse, across uh, Reddit, and other places as well. Harry, appreciate you joining me this evening. Uh, we obviously both just watched Mexico night and San Antonio FC play out at at uh, Toyota Field. Two one win for San Antonio. Um, We actually, we do our, we did our regular Tuesday show this week and we were all kind of surprised that uh, you and Robert didn't pop in. Now you said that you were traveling back from Detroit city. uh, So we were really hoping to get y'all's y'all's takes ahead of the match. Yes. Um, But so let me ask you real quick. What was your, what was your feeling going into it after that just weird match at Detroit city?
1: So I felt confident that SAFC was going to show up, um, at home especially after three three game road trip mm-hmm. um yeah they got 6 points out of 9 but they dropped uh, the last one against Detroit city obviously so i figured that was going to going inspire them uh coach Marcina earlier in the week said or or what i guess thursday friday said it was the best week of practice that they had so uh, i thought it was going to be a victory, but New Mexico, San Antonio—it's always a close game. It's always a tough game, and tonight was no different. Um, you know, I don't remember the last time in San Antonio. Oh, well, I guess that's not true. I guess a couple of years ago, uh, San Antonio walked. You know, you know, you know, put put a pretty good score on New Mexico. But mm-hmm. historically, it's it's a close one one goal match. So. I thought it was going to be a good match and I thought it lived up to it. You know, I think from a New Mexico aspect, the first half, you probably went back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, second half, I think it was a lot more even um, for that right here, but also at that point, San Antonio was up two Oh, so. Um, it'll be interesting kind of hearing your views of it. Um, along those lines here, just uh and then, of course, if uh, Team Jacob captain arrives in a little while here. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I'm not sure what Earl's doing, but.
0: Uh... Yeah, uh, to be fair, none of us know what Earl's doing at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, t- I was telling you before we go on air, this is the first. Today is the first time I've heard from Earl, in like two weeks. So uh, we don't really know what's going on with Earl. He's uh, a man so of the people. He-, he very much is. He's a man of the people. He's a man of his family. Uh, so I assume he's spending time with them. And Jacob mentioned to us earlier, he was having some uh, graduation activities and things going on today. Multiple so.
1: graduations. It sounded
0: like. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting for a Saturday night. Um, I'm assuming it might've been other family, not necessarily his kids, uh, particularly other family. members. So Jacob like he said, may or may not pop on for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a weird match. I would love to have that first half back. We, we clearly didn't play well. And, you know, we, we didn't text too much throughout this. You know, obviously, we didn't want to spoil anything for for Jacob, but and I don't know. Like, I watched this, I, I did send one message, and it was like, I, I and I want to kind of get this from your perspective first. Like, well, what was going on with that pitch? Like, we saw players slipping and sliding, and like both ca-
1: teams were slipping and sliding. I know yeah. they water it before the match. Mm-hmm. I don't I can't remember the last time that the teams San Antonio as well cuz there was a free kick that Jordan Farr uh kicked and you know he almost landed on his uh, t- on his tush. so yeah um but I, don't, I don't I don't have an answer for that but <laughs> it's, it's it it affected both teams mm-hmm. um obviously I think it affected New Mexico especially in the first half affected New Mexico a little bit more Um, but in the second half, like, you know, you, you saw both people, you know, both teams, you know, it was like they're ice skating, you know, just, just the slipping and and sliding, And, you know, I don't know, you know, the four, you know, if you looked at the pitch, it was kind of tore up. So I don't know if it was a cleat issue or, or what?
0: Yeah, it was just weird. And we've seen it at other stadiums. You know, we saw it a lot out in Monterey when we were out there, but it's not really an issue that I've noticed before in, at, at Toyota field. But yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. like you said, it did play an issue for, for both sides. Uh, you see at times, you know, players going to you know either play a pass or receive, receive the ball and they're just slipping without any real like challenge or any pressure on them. And so it seemed like changing direction was an issue for both both sides at times. And, uh, and it was a, just kind of an oddity of things that, you know, you know, we don't really see a whole lot of particularly in that matchup. We do see the physical play, which we got plenty of tonight. We had, uh, quite a few calls or no calls that uh, the the San Antonio crowd felt uh, were <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. You look at the way both teams played, and and really, I mean, hats off to San Antonio and Alan Marcina. Great game plan. You saw that. You saw the pressure. You saw you saw San Antonio closing down three, four guys at a time. Anytime you I touched the ball, especially in the first half, and you know mm-hmm. they did keep up the pressure throughout the match, but. I mean that just constant pressure prevented United from getting really anything going at all, and it resulted in zero shots for United in the first half. And anytime you get shut out like that, you know you're not even you're not even sniffing goal. It's going to be hard to come back from, and it really did kind of live up to to what this almost. I don't want to necessarily call it a rivalry because it's not something that's ever like. Has been like pursued in any sort of media or fan, you know, fan support. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it really is a tough series, no matter where they're at. And, uh, the physicality is something that really stands out to me. And you could really see that throughout the match tonight.
1: I, I just didn't, you know, obviously I'm a San Antonio FC fan. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand the game plan by Coach Prince. Mm-hmm. I, I just, because San Antonio was very direct. San Antonio is very physical. Um, but you know, when now I was at the game, so I didn't watch it like you did on TV, or you know, I haven't rewatched it yet. But possession wise was 54 to 46 in the first half. But it didn't feel like that. You know, it was mm-hmm. one of those games where yeah, New Mexico had the ball in, in their in their in their half but it seemed like whenever they got across midfield or they were trying to bring it across, you know, it, you know, it, they just couldn't handle the press, you know, and I think Justin Dillon came back. This was his first game back from injury in a while. Um, Taneo, uh, you know, you know, th- you know uh, on loan from Minnesota United, they, they pressed and pressed and pressed and, you know, you know, just looking at the passing, you know, it, you know, it's, you know, both teams. We were at fifty-eight percent. You guys were at fifty-four mm-hmm. um, percent. We had thirty-four long balls. You had thirty-seven. And you know, I, I don't watch New Mexico. You know, every ninety. You know, every minute. But are you are you guys more of a long ball team now as well? Or I thought you guys were more possession based.
0: We're definitely more possession based, but the the direct play, the long ball, is something that we do see. You know, Zach tried to pull out, particularly against clubs that do press like that. You know, we saw it against Monterey. It didn't necessarily work out for us against Monterey uh, because we just couldn't take advantage of, of the of the spacing that was there. And we didn't necessarily see a lot of it in the first half tonight either. Uh, but once we started going to that long ball in the second half, like it definitely played better for us against what, you know, Marcina threw out there from you guys.
1: And, and to me, like I said here, I wondered, like we won nineteen aerials compared to you guys won in twelve, and I know that's not a lot, but it just seemed like if it was a ball in the air, San Antonio most likely was winning it or deflecting it backwards. It mm-hmm. wasn't ever it, it wasn't ever um, a positive play for New Mexico if it went in the air, and that's why to me I kind of asked that question <laughs> because obviously in the back with San Antonio, it was San Antonio with uh, Tanner Garcia and um, Bautista, the, the, they're all six, two, you know, six, three ish, you know, physical guys, um, you know, and, and what, uh, who's your forward? Um, he's a big dude. Do, was it Doling?
0: Josh Doling, Yeah.
1: He's a big guy, but outside of that, there's not a lot of height and, and, physicalness uh, uh, up top
0: no there really wasn't tonight which is odd because you get Hurst on the bench a guy who's physical not necessarily you know he doesn't necessarily have as much height i mean i think darling is the tallest guy on our team at like 6162 yeah. uh, and i think 6-2 is generous but i could be wrong there uh but yeah we just we didn't have a lot of height and you see anytime we got in the air you know in the attacking third we're trying to we do try to cross that ball in you're crossing guys like Sergio Rivas and Chris Weehan and Amando Moreno who are like five nine so yeah it's and it's something that you know we've struggled with against San Antonio for years is getting that is that size disparity there um you know Let we got couple,
1: a question here yeah. Weehan historically has done well against San Antonio mm-hmm. I don't I can't remember uh, outside of, I, I know uh, San uh, not San Antonio, but New Mexico fans um, had issues with the uh, play-by-play announcer, you know, pronouncing, uh, pronouncing, mispronouncing <laughs> yeah. the name. But outside of that, I don't really remember him having an effect on the game and especially normally not the effect that he historically does against San Antonio.
0: Yeah, he was kind of, he was extremely quiet tonight. Yeah. Um, um, you know looking at what he did i mean i'd say he probably had around two dozen touches maybe without you know actually going and counting them but yeah he really wasn't able to get on the ball a lot this a lot tonight he's and he is he is coming back from the injuries this is the second game back for him uh, okay um so i mean go out put 82 minutes in i mean he didn't necessarily look look bad on the ball but he definitely wasn't anywhere near as involved as we have seen in the past and as much as we would like and so I think that really, like, held him back a bit from from doing the things that we'd like to see. Now, Sergio Rivas kind of stepped into that role a little bit. You can see him dropping deeper and picking up the ball and trying to get forward, which is something he's done really well so far this season. Um, but yeah, B just, you know, he's... While he is a guy that can have that magic touch, you know, that, that, that one moment, you know, he... Mm-hmm. He's someone who thrives when he's able to get on the ball and push forward and then get into space and either create or open up opportunities for himself. So without that opportunity tonight, like there really wasn't a whole lot he could do. Uh, Robert in the chat, how you doing, buddy? And Jane Lilly not having Kalen Ryden was a problem. Um, I actually disagree with that. I actually disagreed out. You know, Kalen Ryden starting a one match suspension for picking up two yellow cards against Loudon last the week. silly, re-
1: The silly, the last one was silly though.
0: It really was. Yeah. Just absolutely silly yellow card. Um, I felt like Kyle Colonna and you know, Kyle is a guy I wrote about in my preview article for 1017, the team saying that, you know, Kyle, if he gets the opportunity to put in some significant minutes tonight, could have an impact on the outcome of this match. He's got size, he's physical and you could see him, Really play into that match and play against the the physicality of San Antonio. So I feel like he had he a good a night. Goal. Pick, yeah, picked up a uh, picked up a goal, first career professional goal in his first career start. So congratulations to Kyle on that. And um, I mean, yeah, you, you obviously want veteran leadership from a guy like Kaylen Ryden, but I felt like Kyle Colonna did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. I kind of just wanted to see him come off.
1: I don't think the defense for New Mexico, or at least the backline, was the was the problem. To me, it was the midfield, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I would say.
1: Like Revis and, and uh, Moreno. Yeah. You know, and we Hannah. I, I just the, to me they didn't really have their normal impact, and I don't know if that was just due to the pressure by, by SAFC or, or, or or what. But to me, that that's the the backline. Kyle uh, was it Kelowna? It, yeah. Sorry if I mispronounce it. And then Seymour, I thought they, they did well, you know, wasn't a perfect game by them by any means. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I thought the back four, did, you know, did it, did a decent job, you know, cause they, they kept for San Antonio, they had more opportunities than what they converted.
0: Oh, at, by far. I mean, you look at some of the plays that they had and, you know, Austin Yearwood showed up big in the second half. You know, a couple of really big recovery runs, getting in front of some balls. You know, uh, Olawasi off the right-hand side in particular, I think twice he was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ju- uh, Justin Dillon, you know, getting some absolutely – I don't I don't know how that guy didn't bag like three goals tonight. But, <laughs> you know, it's you – know, I mean, you guys clearly had the better opportunities throughout the match, even in the second half, you know, when, when it seemed like we just had a wall back there. But – yeah, it's, I mean, hats off to the opportunities and, and what, you know, Dylan Ilawasi and the, is it Zuhir?
1: Yeah, the Zuhir. the gentleman on loan from uh, Rita uh, Zuhir, yeah. uh, number 18, who's 19 years old, uh, on loan from uh, Montreal Impact, or not Impact, okay. but FC, Mont- was it? Uh, the FC Montreal. Montreal now? It was Montreal <laughs> Impact, but uh, yeah, I'll get fined if I was an MLS show uh, for, for that. <laughs>
0: uh i mean all those guys were dynamic in the attack for for san antonio yeah. tonight i mean Olawasi has a great first step and you know you talked yeah. about the midfield for united and i think you know seeing guys like Zuhir and Olawasi and batista make those steps up you know you, you saw ahead of the first goal you know batista stepped up took the ball off moreno and like the first step and it's something i I've, I've got going in my in my recap article here in a bit like just San Antonio across the board, the first step made it look like you guys were <laughs> that much faster and getting to the ball and reacting that much quicker than anything that we were doing all night long. And so, yeah, it's like throughout the midfield, you know, you saw that disrupting what United wanted to do. And so like you know, Oluwassi, uh Batista, Zahir, all stepping up and making plays and like, yeah, it was, it absolutely destroyed what we wanted to do. And, you know, I, I thought there was an opportunity for United, you know, to if we could get that push going forward to, you know, turn Tainter because he's not great going back to goal. Um, no, I would argue that's one of his weak points. And if you can run at him, then, you, know, you run the risk of you know him making a mistake. And, he, you know, we just didn't put that out there. But, yeah, I mean, it's the midfield has been the issue for us most of the season. And I mean, you're you're absolutely spot on with, with that observation there.
1: So from a New Mexico – yeah, obviously I'm a San Antonio fan here, but f- for New Mexico, what w- how, what do they take away from this match? Um,
0: That's a good question, and I know it's one that I, I'm going to be thinking about here for the next couple of days, but, you know, looking back at it you know, immediately after the fact, I think we can go in and say, you know, we – hung in there with the physicality, you know, you didn't see guys dropping heads. You didn't see guys, you know, turn in and be, you know, and turning, you know, on each other, you know, blaming, you didn't see that, but really, I think it's, like I said, dealing with the physicality and then, you know, coming back from two nil down to then be pressuring up until the final whistle, like it just shows that, you know, this team historically has, has never done well when playing from behind, right. never done well. And so. You know, I, I think this shows that there is fight there. And you know, Zach was able to make changes at halftime to whatever they were doing. You know, again, we mentioned the switch from you know, the more ticky-tack possession style to you know going more direct. And so <clears throat> I know a lot of people want to say, you know, hashtag you know prints out, you know, fire prints, all that kind of stuff, but like it just shows that you know Zach is capable of reading the game, making changes, and then you see the players. You know, fighting until the end. And so yeah, I think there's some positives there. Uh, that can be taken away going into this next stretch of some really tough matches for us. Um the I mean, yeah. same question to you for San Antonio. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, tough match San Antonio, you're know, defending champions, you know, a club that's expected to be fighting for that top spot this season. Right. Um, you know, from a match like this, where you're heavily favored, I think it was like 54, 57% favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at 538. Um, I mean what do you take away from the, the way they played in the first half compared to the second half of them you know going into the next match or two?
1: I think for San Antonio, and, and you know this is gonna kind of sound weird, is you could still see there's another there's another gear on this team. Mm-hmm. Like defensively, they're always gonna they're always gonna be stout, they're always gonna be defensively. But and we saw kind of what happened where everything went right in Charleston. Um and to me everything went wrong in, in Detroit. And I'm talking about kind of that finishing. And I know we've I know you guys have talked about that with with uh, New Mexico United. Is if San Antonio FC can start to find some consistency um up top, um, you know, whether it's a player rotation, just being able to finish. Um, and in you know, San Antonio what month of how many players did they bring in recently? And this was gonna be kind of my follow-up question to you. Is mm-hmm. on, I'm trying to see how many players that they brought in. So in so they brought in. So since April, April, mid-April, so we're what about six weeks? Mm-hmm. They've brought in one one, two, three, four. Five, six different players that all played. Well, Sam didn't play tonight, you know, due to injury.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Parker didn't play due to, due to injury. Uh, Ozarkar didn't play, but just that depth and finding, finding that right combination. And I think you're starting to see that up top. Um, you know, with Dylan coming back from injury and, and how he kind of holds things up, and, and he does a lot of the. Dirty work, I guess you could say. That does may not get on 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 the on, you know on the stat sheet, but he's a pivotal part. And then Jorge Hernandez coming back, you know you know we signed him you know from overseas used to be with LA Galaxy two. Um, you can start to see him with him and Pirano, giving you that kind of one two punch in the midfield with the, the attacking. To me for San Antonio C, the scary part about it is, is I don't think we're playing our best yet. Um, oh, I don't think so either. Defensively, like said solid. Jordan Farr, probably one of the top three, four goalkeepers. You know, just you know, I think he's probably higher, you know, top one or two, but we'll say top three four because mm-hmm. I do think the defense in front of him makes it makes a big difference as well for you know for a goalkeeper. Cause let's not forget when he was with Indy, he didn't have the same result. He comes to San Antonio has that, has, has a higher level of defense in front of him. And, you know, he's showing that world, world world-class on there, but from a San Antonio aspect, the, the, and I know coach Marcin is, you know, still, you know, still putting the puzzle together. And to be honest with you, he probably won't finalize that puzzle till probably end of July, August, you know, as you get ready for that playoff push, and and then start to fine tune it at that point. But you know, for you know, for SAFC to to get a quality win against New Mexico, um, I know I think we got El Paso next uh, for right here, which will which will be a huge match because uh, New Mexico. Or actually, we got San uh, we got apparently San Diego then El Paso um, in the next two weeks here in San Antonio. Um, so for you know for SAFC, if the, if if they can find that consistency and I know you guys have talked about it as well, the, the consistency scoring, mm-hmm. you know, cause defensively, I think both teams are solid. I think they, you know, you know, I think both teams defensively gave up a goal that they probably wish they wouldn't have the second goal for San Antonio, uh, which was a box, you know, a ball that dropped in the box and, and Garcia was able to clean up. And then the New Mexico goal was kind of very similar, where ball bounced around in a box, and and, and your center back, you know, finished it as well. Um,
0: the first I think goal, Bar even got a hand on that one too. So,
1: yeah, it's just. But to me, there was like the two goals that I think you know they weren't drawn up how how, right. how, how it was supposed to be, um, but both teams converted similar goals. You know, mm-hmm. along those lines, were I think they're both off uh, set pieces. Uh, for that here and through there. Now the first goal, uh, Ryda got through and, and you know, put it, you know, put a, put a shot past uh, Alex and, you know, I don't know if Alex could have got to it or not. Uh, I haven't been able to see the, the, uh, the replays to see, you know, his positioning or anything along those lines, but um, zahir went across, you know, the middle and, and, you know, cut it back and, you know, as an SAFC fan, I thought it was a great goal and, and, you know, Defensively, that was probably the only lapse maybe where they didn't where New Mexico didn't close them out or, um, you know, but from from a New Mexico aspect, you know, I won't lie to you when when you guys got that first one back. Um, San Antonio almost immediately answered, mm-hmm. um, which which, you know, I think they would love to have been up three one when it kept it as two one will not lie to you you know the the you know rgv new mexico match where you guys was, you know you know got those two late goals
0: mm-hmm.
1: you guys have it in and, and and i think you guys had a couple of quality chances just it wasn't able to do
0: yeah comment over here in the chat definitely agree this result seems down to a failure to get the ball forward than a real issue defensively speaking yeah no i mean absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think that again, we talked about it a little while ago. Is talk about the play through the midfield. I mean, that that really was it. And you talk about, you know, the the RGV match, you know, where we scored two goals in basically the final 90 seconds of that match. And, um, yeah, so that you, you know, United gets the one back and then Olawasi gets a tremendous run off the right. Um, like I, I thought, like, I don't have, again, an opportunity there. I mean, I obviously, Tim Bacchus came off his line, made himself big, and Olawasi just shanked that pushed, one left, pushed it wide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of really like good opportunities uh for San Antonio to really put this match away compared to the opportunities that we had. and um, yeah, it's just tremendously talented side. Um, yeah, I mean, we I mean really the only roster move we've we've made is we let Timothy Azali go out on on loan. So <laughs> you know, we haven't brought anybody in. I don't expect Zach to bring anybody in. Um, I think
1: the, the one thing that I've noticed and we're starting to see it with Charleston, you know, they brought players in San Antonio's obviously brought players in. Um, I think if you're going to be contending for the playoffs and especially if you're wanting to go deep in playoffs, mm-hmm. you've got, you got to have that depth. And I know you and I were talking about your guys, a schedule coming, you know, maybe not in June, but mm-hmm. You know, July, August. We're, we're. You know, number one, it's it's hot in in Albuquerque. Number two, you know, the backloaded schedule. You need to have that depth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially if you pick up a few knocks here or there, or yellow cards, red cards type things here. And you know, uh, to me, that that's my one concern about New Mexico is. Do, do they you know i think the starting 11 they have the talent to do it but if you go 18 or 20 do they do they have the talent to to go the full season and, and make the playoffs um for later because when you know when you looked at the substitutions that that san antonio FC made mm-hmm. you know they were like for like. there wasn't really much dip in, in quality and i'm not saying you guys dropped in quality you know bringing on something you know something more suggs and and you know the youngster uh, alex Wagoner Mm-hmm. um and Greg Hurst, but to me that to me that's that's where maybe that's the difference between San Antonio and New Mexico right now. And I know you've talked about it is the speed was, mm-hmm. was 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 really noticeable. Um but to me for you know for New Mexico is you know you know will they be will will they have the budget to bring in you know a couple of key pieces to help get them over because you guys are
0: in the playoffs or
1: outside the playoffs right now?
0: As of right now, we're still inside the playoffs. So,
1: so you're in the eighth slot, 14 points, yeah. 10, 10 matches. So, you know, we've yeah, yeah. got a game on everybody. Um, it doesn't Monty, hurt that everybody RGV, around us lost. Well, the the problem is I, I don't think RGV is very good. I don't think mm-hmm. Orange County is very good. And I don't think the lights are very good despite them beating, uh, beating, beating Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's it.
1: So it's really going to come down to that eighth to ninth slot between Monterey Bay and New Mexico United. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where kind of bring in maybe a couple of those players, whether it's, you know, on loans from MLS, which I, I kind of surprised you guys don't do that, uh, you know, more. Um, I know we've got five, um, which I think is probably the maximum that, that you can have, uh, you know, for that here. So,
0: yeah. well we do have a link to new york red bulls now so <laughs> so uh troy troy if you're listening if you got any guys that need some loan time you know um but yeah i mean historically we haven't been a side to bring people in now i know last year we brought in you know kevon freighter we brought in uh uh chris Weehan the year before that you know mid-season uh transaction
1: but they're older players that know the system
0: yeah and, and, and that's, a, that's that's the a thing trend. that kind of
1: bothers me a little bit with New mm-hmm. Mexico is they don't, you know, you know, that's why I'm excited about, you know, was it w- uh, Wagoner? And I'm sorry if I mispronounced uh, his name here. No, that's you not uh, that guy. You know, he's a young kid. You know, yeah. I don't even know if he shaves, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, he, he brings in talent. And um, to me, that that's, that's what New Mexico needs to do is is kind of find those youngsters that you um, you know, that, that, that can like Santé Moore. you know, um, you know, when, when he first came to, to New Mexico
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, along those lines here, but. Yeah.
0: And we had, we did have two other young guys on the, on the team sheet tonight, you know, Andres yeah. Robles and, you know, Mylar Garvanyan. you know, both of them are on the team sheet as well. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see them because I mean, Andres, you know, he got a, he got an, ass, uh, an assist a couple weeks ago. Uh, absolutely beautiful cross from the right wing. Uh, you know, he's a very dynamic player. He's very much along the lines of, say, a, a Daniel Bruce in terms of what he brings in terms of, you know, his up and down the pitch, you know. Um, you know, Garvanian, again, another, you know, really good young midfielder tends to play more of a defensive mid. But, yeah, it, it, we have youth there. We have younger guys. So it's just a matter of finding the opportunities to get them that first team experience well, like actually on the pitch yeah.
1: they brought nava along slow and i know unfortunately he's out with an injury mm-hmm. but to me there's talent it's just it's a matter of to me to me it's a matter of will will new mexico bring bring it in because what was their average age i think average
0: age is like 29 30 somewhere in there I mean, like, really, we only have a, a handful of guys that are over the age of 30. Um, I believe Josh Subs is 32 33, Alex Tambakas is 30, Kalen, I believe, is 34 33. So, Santi is 29 or 30, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's not showing the lineup like I want.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we do have, you know, some younger guys out there and, you know, Josh Dolling, obviously a pretty, you know, still a young guy. You know, I think he's 22, 23.
1: Kelowna's young too. I saw he was what, 23, 24.
0: Yeah. He's a San Diego state, uh, graduate. So oh nice. yeah. Um, so, so a guy that UNM is pretty familiar with came in as a, as a trialist this year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's. Yeah, so we've, there's kind of like a divide. You know, we've got a handful of guys under the age of 27, then a handful of guys over the age of like 30. <laughs> there's not really like, you know, that that middle ground there. But um, and yeah, to the point, uh, it's funny how we have such a great academy team, yet our roster seems like one of the older ones in the league. Nothing on the level of Snow Paso, though. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. You know, our, our academy is, does really, really well. Our U23 has been doing really well so far. And I think the U23 has actually lost today, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of talent there. I, I would be curious to know what the decision-making process is for Zach and, and, and the, the coaching staff and the front office as far as you know when to offer somebody. What is it exactly that they're looking for? Because if you look at our U23 roster, we've got uh, uh, Gabe LeGendry, who was one of our HPP players, high-performance uh, mm-hmm. high uh, plan players back in like 2019. He's a guy that we've been watching for four years now. Yeah, went off to college, uh, I believe, at Fort Collins. Um, but, yeah, him and his brother are both on the U23 roster. There's some other guys that are on the U23 roster that, play, that have played through the academy, have gone off to college, and come back, and they're playing. So, yeah, it's I – don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the thought process. I don't know why we haven't seen more of a youth. And, honestly, like, I wouldn't mind a year. Bring the youth kids up. Give them opportunities. Like, yeah, that's – because that's the way you develop. That's the way you build that team. So – I know that I know the vast majority of the fan base wouldn't want that. They would absolutely be sack sack, you know, at that point, but I, I think it's something you have to take you have to bite that bullet and bring the younger guys along.
1: Any other thoughts you have on this because I think we kind of talked around and I know you try to try to keep this around a half hour, which we're we're at here, so
0: yeah, um. I did get so you and I before we go on there real quick. We were talking about uh, United fan support tonight. The traveling group. Uh, I did reach out to President of the Curse Carlos Tenorio. I asked if there was a traveling group for tonight's game. He said the fans traveled, but there was no block of tickets available. Oh wow, which is interesting.
1: (laughs) Well, it was a military appreciation night. They did Mm -hmm. have over eight thousand, so it was a sellout. Just to to me, it struck me as odd at the the tailgate here that there wasn't the normal curse supporters mm-hmm. uh, that normally make the trip now going through um we did see what 2 weeks ago you guys traveled well to uh Austin you guys traveled well to Loudon uh mm-hmm. on your last match here so and I know you've got a match against Tampa in a couple of weeks so yeah it was just to me you know with holiday week but it was just it was just kind of it was kind of odd and, and I sent a text to you and Jacob it was like where where is you know, yeah. the, the New Mexico fan base, because you guys historically travel well, especially to the San Antonio match. But that's yeah. disappointing that uh, SAFC didn't free up the tickets, if if that's what actually happened or, or what. Yeah. So
0: I mean, I get, you know, the, the appreciation nights. And we obviously have something, I think, just about every single home match this year. You know, obviously our next one is Devin Sandoval night. So, but <laughs> the club always makes sure there's a block of tickets available for, for traveling supporters now Which... it may be the worst seats in the house but <laughs> <laughs> there is a block of seats available for el paso to come and 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 cry when they lose um but yeah i mean i i find it i don't know i find it really odd if there was not a block of tickets set aside i mean all all, all power sent a fantastic crowd tonight i felt you know it was probably one of the biggest crowds i've seen at toyota field at least in terms of the broadcast um but yeah, it that'd be an odd decision if there wasn't a block of tickets available.
1: It just did I, I don't I don't know it, it seems odd, but with it being military appreciation night, it wouldn't have shocked me, but normally uh, they do have a block yeah. uh, for away fans, but
0: yeah. all right uh, so what's next? Uh, you said San Diego's next for you guys? Uh, yeah, we got
1: San Diego next week. And then we get uh, El Paso uh here in san antonio okay and i believe you guys get el Paso as well we do, yeah. El Paso el, next oh, week.
0: Tampa yeah you red. guys get
1: el Paso on the third we get el Paso on the 10th so and they're red hot so you know and yeah we literally. don't like to give them any credit but uh after an 0 and three season to and three uh three straight losses to start the season mm-hmm uh, the locomotive is uh going full stream right now uh i don't think they when do they play again
0: i think they play if not tomorrow then next week oh, they play you guys next yeah so they get they get a nice little break in between but
1: yeah so they last played at uh birmingham with the w yeah. and then june 3rd they travel up to you guys uh it was i-25 uh, that they yeah travel up in and, and, and see Yep. So you guys, which is always a as a neutral, uh, is always a fun rivalry to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, Eighth Notch and, and the Curse, you know, two great supporters groups. Uh, you know, between the two clubs, uh, I don't think the teams like each other very much. No, um, uh,
0: especially Yuma.
1: <laughs> well, nobody likes Sa- Yuma.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, Santi and Yuma. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch next week. Well, it was
1: Sandoval and Yuma. It so. was, it, yeah. Those two had uh, uh, some moments, what we'll just say, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, like, to me, like I said here, for, and to me where, where New Mexico has to kind of be careful um, is trying to move up because, no offense, but I don't know if I want to – I wouldn't want to be the eighth seed to have to go to Sacramento because I think mm-hmm. Sacramento is an elite club. Um, I do expect San Antonio to, you know, finish second or first, you know, along those lines. I, 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 don't, I don't, don't believe El Paso will continue on, on their track. So to me, I think in order to be able to get either El Paso, Colorado, San, uh, San Diego, you want to try to be in that sixth slot, which is 16 points right now because um, the switchbacks have lost four in a row. Um, New Mexico United was on a roll what at least four games uh, undefeated here. It looks like yep. here yeah, four before und- um, uh, before, even before the match tonight. So some work yeah, to do that's... for United.
0: Yeah, certainly is. Um, I was looking around. So Oakland and San Diego were playing this evening and I can't. Oakland's ahead 2-0. Are they? Okay. Because the standings has, shows it as nil-nil full time. So. <laughs> you know Oakland's up 2 0. So big win for Oakland tonight if, uh, for them.
1: Yeah, Oakland like to me I don't think RGB has has the talent. Something's <laughs> off in Orange County even though they've already made the made the change And Vegas, you know, they got their first win as we as we kind of discussed here, but I don't think they have the talent. Yeah. To me there's nine clubs trying to get that, get those eight slots. Um and to me, Phoenix, kind of a mixed bag, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, you know, especially after last night losing to Vegas the, to give Vegas their first win um, on dollar beer night where, where they used to be uh, invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much, uh, la- you know, not so much last night. Yeah. Um, to me, I think they're going to be bottom four. Colorado Springs, they got out hot. I didn't think they were that good. But you know, I don't know if they're coming back. So, and and you guys have one to two games at hand on most of the clubs. So,
0: yeah, well, I've got. To, I want to go back at some point and listen to our prediction show and see uh, <laughs> where we're at compared to that. But um, I don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, here especially you know as we get near the midway point of the season, uh, and even for I mean we're barely you know a third. We're a third of the, the way in yeah
1: most clubs are, are 11 12 matches of a 34 game season yeah i know you guys are at 10 um, yeah. <laughs> for that here so you guys got you know if you guys won both games on hand you'd be at 20 points um depending on goal difference you know fourth fifth uh, along the along those lines mm-hmm. um but to me to me the west the west is very competitive You know Mm -hmm. Vegas. Vegas (coughs) gave everything we you know we could take. San Antonio, Orange County. (sighs) I personally think Orange County is probably the worst team in the West. And and you know no no disrespect to Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I just don't like what Orange Orange County is doing. Yeah. You know I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but.
0: Yeah, we haven't um I haven't had too much opportunity to look at Orange County so far this year, but yeah, it's there yeah, like I said, there's something off. Something's just not clicking for Orange County. You know, I mean we beat them uh 3-1 a couple weeks ago. So outside of that though, and we just we just thoroughly outplayed them in that one.
1: Um and RGV doesn't have a, RGV has a roster, but they don't have a roster if that makes right. sense. Right. <laughs> So they're putting people out there, but it's not a deep roster. Any injuries, any cards, they just they just don't have the horses to do it. But you know, the problem with the West on any given night, and and we saw this last week with San Antonio and Detroit. Mm -hmm. Any given night, you know, you can be beat, and and that's the that's the that that's that's the great thing about USL is you know you've got your powerhouses, but you know nobody out you know you know outside of detroit had san antonio losing in detroit uh, right. last week nobody so
0: yeah I, I certainly wouldn't have expected that at all but yeah you know the season as we know it has still has a lot to do a lot to go through uh, i'm sure we'll see some ups and downs along the way some more shocking results i mean tampa bay after their slow start they want they've run off five in a row so you know i and you know, obviously again el paso you mentioned them earlier you know eight unbeaten since their oh and three start so um, a lot of interesting storylines coming up in the coming weeks. Lots of interesting matches again San Antonio against San Diego, followed by El Paso. Um, a lot of things to watch for in the coming weeks. Um, so I mean, you, you asked earlier, I, I mean, I really don't have any other closing thoughts. Do you have anything you'd like to add other than uh, shout out where, where people can find you?
1: Uh, you can follow me at uh, Ram and Call at Ramincol at R A M I N C O L. Um, and I know us are. Uh, with it being Pride, uh, June is Pride Month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for here, I'm pretty sure the curse, ha- I know uh, the San Antonio groups went with, uh, was it Pride Razor? I'm sorry if I chopped it up here. Um, so, you know, supporting the LGBTQ communities. Uh, so, and I'm pretty sure the curse has something going on. I don't know if it's through them or, or you know, I know there's a couple of them that that through there. So, um, if you can uh, support, uh, you know, whether, you know, obviously I'm supporting, uh, the one for San Antonio, um, you know, if, you know, I'm assuming the curse, uh, or black diamonds, uh, uh, the sports group, uh, one of the two, if they have a, if they have something to support the LGBT LGBTQ community, uh, during the month of June, um, you know, for uh, you know, scoring goals. And I know you guys got quite a few matches and, you know, Outside of, you know, since we don't play you, hope you guys score a bunch of goals and, and raise a bunch of a bunch of cash.
0: <laughs> yeah, it certainly would be great. Um keep an eye on social media, you know, curse, black diamonds, and for the supporters groups for San Antonio for opportunities to get involved with LGBTQIA Pride Month. Um yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing I'm sure the, the club will be doing something. I'm sure the supporters groups will be doing something. So I'm
1: almost I'm almost positive it's Pride Razor as well, but let's... Okay.
0: Yeah, that I can I can I can talk to Carlos and we can talk about it uh, Tuesday night as well. But because
1: um, I know they I know Detroit does or not Detroit but the uh, Mexico. Yeah. But I know there's a couple of different versions of it. Yeah. See. Yeah, not seeing it on there.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Very good question. We'll find out.
1: Tuesday, you'll find out.
0: Yep. We'll find out. I'll, I'll talk to Carlos and see what they're doing. Um, but, yeah. I mean, so Harry, thank you so much for hopping on. I do appreciate you, as always. Uh, always good to hear from you. Always good to have a, an outside voice looking in. Because, uh, I mean, we can all be a little Jake bit you Jacob showed up. Team David did show up. Absolutely, Uh, Team Earl nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Um, Well, that's
1: not true. Robert did show up and say hello, Seth. So I don't know if he's moved over to Team Seth, which would give you two. Because I think uh, David is also on your side as well, right? Uh, David is
0: on my side as well, Um, and there is another member of Team Seth, but she does not pop into the chat. So she does watch (laughs) and listen. So Um, she's she's very shy. So. Uh, so for but. those
1: keeping it home Seth has three Jacob <laughs> has one Earl um a half
0: maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have, to we'll have to verify those numbers with Earl when he comes back to the podcast at some point so um Harry thank you so much again San Antonio 2-1 winners tonight over New Mexico United uh for Harry for Jacob for Earl I'm Seth thank you guys so much for watching and until Tuesday night 9 o'clock Mountain Time, Somos Unidos.